And it's basically just to get children to behave, right? Because you say behave or the Tokolosh is going to come take you. Like that's the basic premise. Totally. You're like, which is kind of fucked up, but you know, what are you going to do? Parents this movie are fucked has up a, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they will lie to you about things straight to your face just to like get you to stop. Wes I is know. nodding like as a parent. We're watching him over the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. everybody welcome to horror movie survival guide i am julia i'm terry uh and this week we are talking about 2018's the tokolosh the title of this episode is i need the job yes is, i uh, need the job encapsulates oh. this movie quite well uh and the tagline for this movie uh i like it where mm-hmm. she goes it follows you oh like yeah that? okay for sure Kind of reminds uh, so me of another movie that we just talked about not too long ago. It follows. It follows. <laughs> but where you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it follows. Uh, so this movie was written uh, by Richard Kunstman and Jeremy Pacquane and d- directed as well by Jeremy Pacquane. So this is... Jerome? Uh, continuing our- That's what I said, didn't I? You Jerome? said Jerome May? <laughs> Did I? Yeah, it was really cute. <laughs> she was so focused on making sure we said the Tokolosh so hard that she was like, sure, I'll talk about Jerome. Uh, Jerome. Uh, I, I heard Jerome in my head. Maybe we'll play it back and I'll be like, whoa, what was I doing? Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, this is. Uh, we're very happy to continue our series of uh, movies uh, that are black directed that we really want to make sure that we watch some really cool ones. Yeah. So this one's from South Africa. Um, so I don't know if you if you guys will take a, a trip back through Horror Movie Survivor Guide Memory Lane to uh, when Terry and I <laughs> did a did a review of a, another South African film called The Stay Awake. It was uh, one of which- the first films I think I was on as like co-host. And it's like, it's was one of them. I was like, this is what I signed up for, I guess. Like I got to yes. watch these now. And this yes. it was dreadful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a good film, but the thing that I like about it is that it is now giving me the low bar for what a horror movie monster could be. Where like, you get the big reveal and you're like, really? That? That's it. Like so I like we I talked about in that episode too. It was like one of my like my art school like my art projects from like sixth grade that I vividly remember, like the paper mache, like trying to make a monster. And this is what we're getting. And this is such a step up. So I just want to say, yeah. South Africa, you're doing you're doing some good things these days. <laughs> I mean, I you know, in a, in, a, in a pre-apartheid world, you know, things are different. So I'm going to say, getting some black talent instead was probably a way forward. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed, and and you know, and I it will live for forever in my memory. Where like some part of my brain, whenever I see an excellent monster from now on, will be like, okay, you can go from this to this. Got it. Reference point set. 
constantly <laughs> and the amount of like there's so many you know super cuts of like i'm sure out there of like just hallways spooky hallways and that movie was like 80 percent like just <laughs> pov a monster hallways. from lurking in the hallways i was like they had no money to make this movie clearly like it was it was such a hot mess so if you guys have not listened to our episode on the stay awake for those of you who are newer to the podcast i highly recommend revisiting that episode if you want because I, I wouldn't recommend watching the movie. I think you could just listen no. to our episode on it <laughs> and then uh, Honestly, watch this film and time. then jump in. Yeah, save yourself some time. And then um, watch <laughs> this film instead as a representative of the true South Africa and, and cinema and um, enjoy it. Yeah, so we're, uh, this this film is based on the legend of South African legend of a beast called the Tokolosh who feeds on uh, children and those left alone. Yeah, the name oh. literally means one that feeds. And I was like, oof. Okay, speed oh, on, we get, on kids. We it's kind of good... like the chubacabra. I feel like every kind of like you know we have the boogeyman here, whatever. Every kind of like culture has its like boogeyman or like wives' tale or or this mm-hmm. this is that for South Africa. And it's basically just to get children to behave, right? Because you say behave, or the tokolosh is going to come take you. Like that's the basic premise. Totally. Yeah, like, which is kind of fucked up, but you know what are you going to do? Parents this movie are has up a, sometimes. <laughs> They will lie to you about things straight to your face just to like get you to stop. <laughs> Wes I is know. nodding like as a parent. We're watching him over the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, we get a really good hardcore horror opening, uh, yes. cold opening here where we have a girl uh, running through a field, uh, bloody and crying and pregnant. It appears we're not really sure. We're not it sure. She like is it. not looking well though. And she looks too young to be that kind of pregnant too. It's not good. So she uh, it makes it out. You think she's going to be okay, but she gets grabbed by something and yanked away. And, and then we then, hear a big creature growl, like, Arr! and you're like, oh, shoot. And then it's like, cut to credits. Beginning. Cut to credits. Uh, so we get to uh, Boosie, who is our lead, who is uh, once uh, being interviewed for a job working the night shift in a hospital uh, that is partially closed down due to budget cuts with a lot of lights flickering and whatnot. Well, we don't want to jump too me- fast. Because at the very beginning, right when it starts and she's walking to this interview, we hear a radio um, and like TV kind of exposition. And every horror movie, I was like, my hackles are up. I'm like, alert, alert, alert. They're going to give you information. So they're talking about a guy tip. Always listen to the radio and the TV because they always will tell you what's happening. Yep. Don't turn it off like they did in like Anna and the Apocalypse. They're like, oh, it's un- useless information. It's like literally all the information you need to know right now for the movie. Um, so um, they're talking about an influx of immigrants who have moved to Johannesburg and how there's been some violence against children. And so that's something that sets the scene for what she's going into um, and how it's not necessarily safe for all these people um, looking for a new life as they've moved into the city. Um, and she's one of these people so she goes into this interview like you said in this kind of dilapidated um forgotten hospital which reminded me of uh the void quite a bit because we had just watched this which was also a movie set in this you know the half you know because what what good is a hospital a horror movie if it's not half closed down due to budget cuts with lights flickering i mean that's what a, a hospital's for right you can't yeah, have it's it to like creep you the well hell lit. out because a lot yeah. of people have died there. So you're like, it's going to probably be some ghosts of some sort. You know, mm-hmm. you're dealing with like a place where people, you know, come into the world and leave the world. Um, and it's also, we find out that there's a bunch of like, like kids that are kind of like some of them are, I guess are AIDS orphans and some other situations here. So it's kids that have kind of been forgotten and left in this hospital as well too. But she's not there to take care of the kids. She's there to clean 
So she has a very uncomfortable interview with Mr. Ruatonen, who is just a creep, 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 um, and talks to one of the other nurses about him. And is like, so what can you tell me about him? And she says, keep your tits tucked and your legs crossed and everything will be fine. Yeah. Like, so he's kind of rapey. Like, like yeah. I'll say it straight up. Trigger warning for anybody listening to this episode. <laughs> What's his face? Yep. Um, I, as soon as you saw him, he's the way he looks at her, it's like he's going to consume her during the interview. And it's really, really off putting. So because um, she says, in, says in the interview, like the last girl left after two or three months and she says, why? And why? She's kind of doesn't not going to tell her why, but you know, that's not a good sign. Um, so on the way home, uh, after her first day, he, uh, just uh, drives by in her car and it's like, Hey, why don't I just give you a ride? You know, it's raining outside, but she's already gotten that warning from her coworker. And she's like, no, 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 I'm good. My stop is just around the corner. I'm going to walk. I'll be fine. Um, and this is also after like, she's, you know, kind of gotten the lay of the land of, of the place before she leaves. There was this creepy basement where there's like an incinerator and stuff. And they're like, don't go in there. And I was like, uh, you tell somebody not to go some in some place on a scary movie, you know where they're going to end up later. So yeah. they're like, that's where not even cats really, they're like cats kind of die in there and other things. And you're like, Oh, okay. So anywho, mm-hmm. Um, but then she uh, doesn't take the ride with the boss, but goes back to where she's living, which is just kind of squatting in this apartment that's got a sign on it says it's ready to be de- demolitioned. Um, so she's uh, in this. She has a huge apartment to herself, uh, but she is just kind of squatting in this apartment that doesn't really have anything in it. Um, and she had stolen a sheet for her bed um, that was on her first day because she had nothing. She had just a bare mattress. So, so she's got like a little kerosene to- lamp. Like it's like real bare bones up in here. Mm-hmm. And so she, uh, we know that she's uh, missing her sister, um, and she uh, gets uh, sees something in the middle of the night that night, and is already starting to have weird things. She sees this strange child with like a misshapen head crying. And it looks this- like he's wearing. It looks like a gourd, like on top yeah. of his a head, like you know, like like he's like playing like Halloween kind of or something. So it looks like it's a gourd that's like been like carved or something with like a grizzly kind of like jack o' lantern kind of face. Um, a little little bit like Sam from trick or treat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so already, because, you know, you know, you're working in the dark in a, an abandoned hospital already, it's creepy. And then you start getting stuff like this and there's this kind of, you get this kind of whooshing around in the dark that happens a lot to her. That's like, it's just like something's off, but you can't really see or see anything and what is really happening. It's not super Um, defined. And you also can't tell what's dream and what's not. That's already the divide between real life and waking life is really hard. If you've ever worked in a graveyard shift, I've definitely done that where like, it does kind of feel that way because you feel kind of like your body's always your like circadian rhythm is always a little bit funky town from having to be awake during dark time and then being asleep during that time. So I totally can relate to that if you work that kind of hours. So this is where she starts. She finally meets uh, the kids and uh, there's this whole ward of children who uh, a lot of them are, would have were booked in as AIDS orphans and forgotten. So they are just kind of there indefinitely. Um, and so they have uh, one woman, Rosie, who is there taking care of all the kids uh, by herself, which seems like too many children for one one lady. And she seems still okay, which I'm surprised because I feel like everyone else we've met so far in this building or who works here are kind of like the last resort staff. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. though? Kind of, so to speak, of like, they only took this job because they had to. Like, this is not a place you go because you want to. It's a place you, you work because you have to. But Rosie still seems in pretty good spirits, and she seems cool. Like, she's finds some sort of delight and joy in helping these kids and being there for these kids. She seems like a genuinely, like, nice person. Um, but 
but also admits that the, all of the children are afraid of the Togolosh and that they have their beds up on bricks so that somebody can't hide under there. Everything's um, lifted and, and cleared. Yep. And they and they say that the the Togolosh tricks children into trusting them before killing them. It's like, oh, that's nice. Cool, cool, cool. Good night, kids. <laughs> like, Bye. <laughs> see you in your nightmares. Um, so um, this is when um, uh, our hero, Boosie, uh, ends up downstairs uh, by the thing that she was told not to go into the day before. But of course, being a curious little kitty that she is, she's got to get in there because only kittens go in there and she is a curious as a cat right now. And all of a sudden, of course, the door to this big incinerator goes on behind her and I was like it felt very like um uh Star Wars mm-hmm. <laughs> trash trapped, compactor dropped in a trash compactor exactly right and I was like oh shit um and the walls start coming in and she's freaking out and yelling and who's there to save her creepy boss, boss guy creepy boss who saves her at the nick of time but then is like how much do you need this job how much do you need it um and uh tries to rape her and yep. she gets Fights away in the nose blood- <laughs> bloodies his nose like a motherfucker yep. um and just hauls ass out of there and so she's running uh, and running through like through this like incinerator space and like this down below basement and she ends up getting chased and tried to hide but she um gets chased outside and finally runs and she runs to the bus um but she doesn't have enough fare because she left her shit like you know in her locker in the hospital locker room um but an old blind man um, helps her with her fare and um, speaks with her. And he seems to know things that other people would not be as perceptive about. But I think that's one of those moments where um, somebody who can't see everything, but can feel the energy of somebody. Uh, yeah. Cause he, he speaks to her in her native language. Yeah. So he knows where she's from immediately and says that his spirit feels like her soul is in trouble. Um, so he's like, Hey, why don't you come off? You can hang out with me. We'll have a cup of tea. We can talk about whatever's bothering you. And she won't do it. She's also just just been like got attempted rape and like, it just got assaulted and is shook. So she wants to get home and as soon as she can to her own space. Um, and she says no. And then of course she gets home and if there's another vulture there, her landlord is demanding the rent. And we're saying quote unquote landlord here, because this is clearly she's squatting. squatting. She's not. So it's just some thug who was there who was intimidating the residents into paying him for letting them be there. And so it's not even a kind of up and up situation, but she pushes him off, says, she, you know, she'll pay him later and uh, pushes him out. So uh, that night she is furiously taking a bath uh, to scrub off the, the horrible day and has nightmares about her dad that seem incesty. Uh, and then yep. seem like maybe pregnant from incesty. Type yeah, of stuff. and then we get the radio again talking about the one in three children apparently in South Africa have experienced some sort of levels of abuse, and so this is a re- yeah, it's at least according to this, you know, on this show and this film, and I was just like, that is god awful. So there's a lot between you know people in this desperate state. Um, you know, uh, 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 pushing each other too far. And this is really terrible. So she has nightmares of this child abuse, um, yes. and where she ran away from. And you can see why she had rubbed herself raw earlier. This is, she doesn't feel like it was the first time she's done this. Um, when she and did you, that too, when she ran away and you can, yes, you can tell that she's, you know, she's, she feels bad because she ran away, but she left her sister there. And now her sister's being probably, uh, up to the same thing. So I think it's one of those, like, 
she's my daughter and my sister kind of situations. Yeah. And the guilt is just like, and because bad. she knows, you know, this is, you know, he says, how bad do you need this job? And like, that's how bad she needs this job is she needs to get her sister away from this. Um, of course, these kind of situations, I'm, I, I always like, just take your sister away in the first place. But, you know, we'll leave that plot kind of ridge to go over where it is. Um, so Sometimes she it's not up, possible, you know, depending yeah. on what's happening and, and, and the just barely getting away of it, of it, you know, it's not, it's not always possible. And yeah. we see how de- desperate she is as we see her rummaging through the, the trash for food. So she's in a, a pretty sorry state, but does, uh, meet, uh, run into Abel again, the blind man, and, uh, just decide to go back with him for tea this time to his house. And she his apologizes. Slash- yeah. She's yes. like, you know what? I'll take you up now on your tea and talk. <laughs> Tea and talk, uh, or his, both. <laughs> she says yeah, both. both. <laughs> uh, he has a so he a house slash shop where he makes masks uh, and these kind of creepy uh, uh, African masks that he's you know she's already she's like eh, they're kind of scary and he's like oh they're supposed to be scary because they'll frighten away all the bad spirits. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of a beautiful thing though too, and the fact that he. Um, you know, can't see though either, like, but is able to create these like amazing visions just from touch and has, Mm -hmm. um, a really great memory of, of, of things. I think it's really, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. He says spiritual healers don't need eyes to see the spiritual world. So he says each one of the masks have secret powers and he wants her to pick one. Um, and she, uh, to her, to her credit picks pretty much the scariest one there is, which is this kind of, uh, giant horned thing. Um, and he is the cannibal chief, Lumukanda. Um, and so she takes it with her and now she feels like she has something to f- help fight against these, any bad spirits that might be surrounding her. Um, and then she also makes her take his lighter, his incredibly nice lighter, like too nice. She's like, really? Like, you're going to give me this too. And I was like, you're going to need it. <laughs> yep. He knows you need that lighter. Like, he knows you got nothing. You're going to probably need a light at some point, especially working in the dark. Like she does, like everything else she's done has been shrouded in dark. Like we've talked about so far. So, sure, but I also yeah. think like he's, he's such a strong spiritual person that I feel like he can see ahead to when she will need that lighter. Yeah. Like, the moment in the film where she needs it and i'm like he can see ahead and see that moment is what i feel which is cool uh but you know it's that it's that curse uh gift kind of thing where you're like uh you're gonna be this horrible situation i can't tell you that but i can give you something that will help yeah kind of, uh, yeah uh, so she has to go back to her hospital uh to get the purse yeah. Or, and to get sucks. paid as well. So like, she's like, well, I'm, she is that desperate. Like she's literally rummaging in the trash for food. She got to pay rent somehow. So she's like, the only place I can go back to is this God awful job. So she goes back. I cringe the whole time. And, um, she, these, she, uh-huh. at first she sees him doing something dodgy with these like henchmen looking guys, like he's paying them off or something. And it's, does not look like a good deal, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, she comes back and she basically says, uh, even though I don't like you, basically, like, I need the job. So. And says he says, okay, but before my inconvenience, I'm giving half of your wages. Like, uh, And he so already before had been one of those people who charged her for everything. He's like, I'm charging this much for the uniform, this much for the use of this, this much if this happens. We'll dock you pay if this. You will dock you pay if you're late. He's one of those guys. He's like a Fagin or something. You know what I mean? They're like, you'll work for me, but I shall take all your things. You know, like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, awful, awful man. So um, on her uh, that that night back, she sees uh, a little girl 
who is sitting in the hallway facing away from her uh just and she doesn't respond to her she asks you know she calls to her and she doesn't respond so she comes over and she sees uh her and she says she's you know he's he's coming and she's very afraid and she has scratch marks on her shoulder that look like they were made by some sort of animal um, and Boosie's like, it's not her job to be watching the kids, right? Like it's her job to be cleaning. And now she's going to be behind on her work if she's got to take care of this kid. So but she's she trying also- to be like, she knows she's like scared, but she's like, come on, kid, we got to get back to the thing. But she also feels like a kinship she seems like right away because this little girl looks just like her. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Though, Like she looks like a younger version of her, kind of reminds her of her sister, I think, too. And they have an instant connection as well. But she tries to like get her back into her place and get her back into a bed and, and tries to like calm her down with like a little stuffed toy. And yeah, but the, the Togolosh is is there and is able to possess her and speak through her, uh, which is pretty spooky. And also throws her kind of up and down on the bed, kind of exorcist style. So, you know, they hadn't really shown us yet, like, is the Tokolosh real or is it something that's kind of made up as a legend? And now you're like, oh, no, there's something real. Oh, it's real. (laughs) There's something happening because like the marks that keep showing up on our, on, on this little kid and everything too. Um, it's really kind of scary. Um, Yeah. So then the next, um, when she, so she actually gets, so this is Gracie and she gets Gracie to go to bed and like, everything's going to be fine. Leaves. Uh, when she comes back the next day, they're like, the police are there and everything's cordoned off and someone has been killed. And so she immediately thinks Gracie's been killed. Like she left her and Gracie had been like, he's going to kill me. And she's like, no, no, you're fine. Um, and then she, so she thinks that Gracie is dead. Um, but actually it was one of the other children who got killed and Gracie is alive. Yeah. Um, and so she, uh, is determined now to sneak her out because she's going to get killed next and she doesn't want her to die. So in a, in a bold move of courage goes to the bosses where, uh, office and steals that envelope of money she saw him have out of his desk yep and i was like you know what right fucking on take that money and get the hell out of there for, you go anywhere you want now for sure for sure and also this is like retribution for leaving her sister behind i think before she's determined to help take care of this kid so she's like on one and it's just like super vengeance now so i love this so she gets all final girl on us and like is like we're gonna get out of here so she kind of like tricks one of the security guys um, and like asking him for directions and sneaks Gracie out and they are on the run and they head back to her place and hide. So, um, while they have this great scene of she's in the foreground and on the phone to Rosie, who calls to be like, uh, what, where did you go? And in the background, we see Gracie playing ball with somebody who is, who we can't see who is playing with, but we know who she's playing with. Um, she, I do, I, I, she does tell Rosie here that she took the money, which I kind of wish she didn't do. Like, I know she thinks like she can trust Rosie and she probably can, but you shouldn't tell anybody when you, when you you commit a crime, when you commit a crime, the less people who know the better. And especially someone who is still at the scene of the crime, probably not what you want to do. So pro tip criminals, (laughs) (laughs) don't be calling somebody the crime, commit a crime, you move on. Uh, so we, Gracie's walking around her apartment and goes into the room where the mask is and starts convulsing and then gets pulled down the hallway by something unseen, uh, plates and stuff start flying out everywhere. It starts to get real crazy. Um, and we find out that the Togolosh has followed them from the hospital. So they thought they would be safe because he would, he would stay there, but actually he has followed them. So it's kind of like Juwan, the grudge, right? Like no matter where you go, it's following you and you can't really escape. It follows. 
as it said yes. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the tagline. Um, it does. Yeah. And so there's like, you know, a little Gracie, even that possession, it was pretty intense. Like her eyes rolled in the back of her head and like all this stuff happens. And Boosie's leg is bleeding by the end of it. Like they try to like, basically they battle this, this like invisible looking force. Um, and it's, you only see it in like big ass shadows and stuff. It's kind of very creepy. Um, and then it seems like Boosie has another nightmare in the middle of this. You can't tell if it's a nightmare or real life again, waking, dreaming. But then the boss shows up at her place yeah, because boss shows up. he had been listening in on that phone call from work and he knows. And so, uh, how unhappy was it with her? Is he enough to hit her in the face with a crowbar? And you're like, damn though. Yikes. It's pretty um, fucked up, so, but he doesn't know he's walking into a monster situation. So glad he's there, though, too, even though he was shitty and hit her in the face like that. Um, there is trouble happening, and he's like, where's my money at? He gets very, very terrible. But um, so, but if she's very smart, and they, like, you know, they put the lights out, so now it's dark, and he can't see what's happening. Um, and she, in a, a very final girl move, just stab, stabs him. Yep. Stabs him a, in a the bunch. Back. And you go, yes. Please stab him. He's a terrible monster. Uh, but sadly, does not kill him. He Final hobbles girl, out. Horror movies have a good tip. You always got to double tap, right? You always got to like make sure that kill is dead. Dead, dead, dead. Because we don't want no final scares. You want Stab it just, him in the like, back, great, but then slit his throat. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, don't. You, We're you, here. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for the for the the real tips the real tips real tip is not just stabbing somebody in the back it's not enough kids it's not enough you got to make sure the murder's done um we don't advocate or condone murder here at horror movies to have a guy just only in movies and for fun okay great thank yes um so he thank hobbles out of that, that condem- no problem and he gets hit by a van <laughs> so the karma was still with him bitch and he gets hit by this van um for a full hit and run and then boosie starts um packing fast because she's like we got to get out of here now like there's going to be more people probably coming after this guy now too um um and and of course like you know there's this kind of divide here so she decided we we find out that she's got to she's got to go home she's got to go back home and on the one hand you go okay yes she's got to go home to save her sister on the other hand you have all this money and you're really on the run and like that's the last place you really want to go but she feels this kind of pull of have to go and save her sister, but Compelled. when she gets there, finds out that her sister is dead, that she has killed herself. So she is too late. Yeah. So she has to go home for the funeral now. Um, and has this, you know, and as of she, when she first sees her mother, it's an incredibly tense moment where that she can just doesn't want to be there is only there for her sister. Um, and, and their first night has this, you know, kind of, very tense uh, dinner table scene where eventually, and I think this is the most power kind of we've seen out of Boosie so far, as far as her, you know, her own thoughts and feelings coming out where she says that her mom killed her sister and that she didn't protect them when she knew that all her dad was doing all these terrible things to them. And so she killed her. And so she's done with her, like not, you're not my mother just here for my sister's funeral. And then I'm gone. Yeah. Ooh. She's it's pretty strong. brutal. And it's a really beautifully shot scene. I, I love this moment too, with just that little candlelight in the middle of them and then the wood walls of the of the house. It's really, really a really powerful moment visually and mm-hmm. like you know, like like this come to Jesus kind of moment for her too. Um <laughs> And you, we get so, these flashes of like how the little sister had um, hung herself from that tree outside and just the sadness that 
has really um, drenched this house. And it kind of had like a little moment. It reminded me a little bit of like Forrest Gump and Jenny's house, you mm-hmm. know, of like kind of how it looks of like the shock kind of of abuse um, and her like disdain for it. And then you see her like kind of wanting to end it. And I was like, I totally felt that of um, this childhood abuse like that. Uh, and they, so they they have the funeral scene and at her sister's grave, her father comes up to her and goes to put his armor on her shoulder and she flinches away and just walks away. Um, so she wants nothing to do with him. Uh, there is a really nice um, bed, like m- the monster gag under the blanket uh, kind of gag we have here is really, really nice. Uh, and then we have Gracie going outside in the middle of the night, calling her stuffed animal, strangely. Uh, and says that she can hear Busey's dead sister, Lindy, calling. She's calling for them to come out right. and wants Busey to join her. And so Gracie starts to follow her because she's like, oh, it's a sister. It's great. Um, and they follow her out. So Lindy is, uh, Lindy is leading Gracie and Gracie's leading Busey and they're all end up at the dad's shack, which is- And I the, couldn't the, tell part of the movie if Gracie was a figment of Busey's imagination. And I just wasn't sure if you had that too- because I felt like oh, there's no, a lot never... of scenes where they cut to her and you she didn't you couldn't see her in the scene and it looked like she was talking to herself a lot of the movie. Um uh, they would cut to and I just thought that was an interesting play on like whether she was trying to take care of her childhood self and what that represented or why she would be able to see and follow this ghost out there as well. So um I just thought that was cool how they like if you watch it again or if you ever, you know, um think about that if you look at how the cuts are on the, some of those scenes, they kind of leave it ambiguous a little bit if Gracie is a real thing or not. Oh, I hadn't thought about it, but I would like to watch it again with that in mind. That would yeah. be a cool angle. Yep. So they ended up in the de- in the dad's hut, which is the the no good place where you don't want to be. Um, and when they walk in, there's uh, three children who are huddled down on the ground who have, um, it's the Jacob's Ladder effect where you Learned have like, faces. a shaky head kind of thing. So I don't really know what the deal is. These are other children that have been abused. Clearly. I don't know if they're real, if they're ghosts, we're not really sure. I thought they were um, ghosts from like a different time and space too. Cause I thought I was wondering, that's also this part really made me like, be like, Oh, is Gracie real? Like I really questioned it during this moment too, of like, mm-hmm. is that why she helped her get lured out here? Again, I just thought that was also, cause she looks so much like Boosie. Like I was like, is that her childhood self? who's kind of helping her and drawing her out there and brought her back. I thought that's a big reason why she actually chose to go back home too. was because she had to go take care of that girl, that little girl that she left, mm. um, which was herself. Uh, so there's this nice moment where Boosie and Lindy are able to talk, uh, even though they're across dimensions. Uh, but then Lindy says, come, he's coming, run. And so they, uh, they run, uh, make it back to the main house uh, where now we have the, the monster reveal which is uh, light years away from the stay awake. (laughs) Uh, A a good monster. It is a good monster. Um, It's just, it's, it's a big creepy, creepy thing. Um, Morphs and kind of shifts itself and, and can get into places that um, seem hard to reach, like even under the table and and whatnot. And so he's really hard to get away from. So what are you going to have to do to destroy a monster? There's only a few things you can do. And what do we know as a horror movie survivor guy tip? If you're unsure what's going to kill your monster, go for fire because most of the time it's going to work for you. Yep. I would say that's a good tip. Yep. A good, you know, a good amount it, of time it's fire. So this is definitely yeah. that case in this one. So, and luckily she has a nice lighter that she got from a gentleman. So Ding. weird. 
she's going to use to uh, light that trail of lighter fluid and burn her whole house down. Again, kind of like Jenny. I was like, burn it down. She's like, tear it down, tear it down. So we burn it down here and we've got to get rid of that house of, of bad memories and abuse. Um, it is gone. And we, but we definitely see Boozy is twanged at this point. Like Completely. she's gone as, as far as she can go. She's seen a monster from another dimension and in a Lovecraftian twist has now kind of lost her mind. Um, but to your theory, uh, because we do at the end see Gracie's picture on the wall and it's burning down. So I think that perhaps you were, you were correct in that theory. Yeah. Um, question I have, what happened to the money? She just burn it. I don't I think like, she ever really out. intended to use it. I think we might be more fixated on it, but it wasn't ever about them. You know <laughs> what I like, mean? Though? It's like the money in psycho. You're just like, yeah, 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 it's a MacGuffin, right? Like it gets her to the next place, but we don't really need it. Yeah. Because the ultimate thing is like, even if you give her like, this is one of those people, like sometimes, you know, there's all these settlements for cases of abuse and whatnot. And it's like, it's almost worse. You know, not, you know, not that they should want for anything, but it's like that money will just always remind you. <laughs> of like a terrible time and a place, you know, um, and that's unfortunately part of, part of the reminder, you know, of, of what that is. Um, and it's, it's not going to fix her situation. She still needed to get rid of that place. But I, I, I thought that I really enjoyed this film and I thought it was, I really enjoyed her as a, as a final girl and she was kind of, uh, different and i you know it's of course at the, it's always great to see the final girl come into their strength at the end and overcome whatever kind of uh bo- boogeyman they have in their past but also literal boogeyman as well um and i you know i i, I really enjoy it and i think we should do uh, more foreign horror because i think it's really co- cool to see you know perspectives from different countries as well yeah what's scary elsewhere we kind of talked about that with suzanne romero de rocher uh about like you know, looking at international, um, you know, what internationally, what, what spooks people out, like what really scares people. And it, cause it's different, it is different depending on where you're from or like, what are the wives tales? Like this one is like I said, like it's a classic, like boogeyman of South Africa. So it was really cool, um, to dive into this. I loved it. Um, so let's do some gore factor. Yeah. Uh, one, and it's not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. We give this uh, a three for gore. Uh, so enough blood to gross out the average viewer. So there's some crowbar to the face. There's Nose some bitten off. Yeah. <laughs> and just like the bags of stuff, whatever, that mystery stuff that they're dropping down in that, uh, in the oh, incinerator. Yeah. Human, human waste. Yeah. Who knows? It's pretty gross. Um, and, uh, yeah, just for that stuff. And then some of the scratches and blood on the kid, you know, and stuff like that from the monster. Um, and then we got our movie ratings, uh, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better Four, not too shabby. Five fantastic Oracle. I give this movie a 4.5. Um, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty good. Not too shabby at all. Um, and then some, I really like the performance of our lead. She's compelling and great to watch so much said and without not even a lot of words necessarily just like the strength the fear the journey all of it um really beautifully shot as well um i enjoyed it yeah there's a lot of cool camera work in this movie and uh, i agree petronella schuma is uh, fantastic as busi i give this movie a four i really liked it as well it was um one that was different and unique so uh next week we will be talking about uh, something a little different. We're going to be talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. And that's a knight with a K. 
yeah, sorry. <laughs> you gotta make sure that they, they can visualize it as they hear it. Just so they know. So when they look it up, because I was like, Demon Knight, Demon, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is Knight with the K. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us talk about the Tokolosh. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us next time. And we hope you will talk to us. We love uh, listening to all of your comments on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You guys are so awesome. We love interacting with you and you always have such great stories and uh, tell us about how we just uh, had someone on Twitter talk about how they didn't like horror movies, but listening to us was like a step close as they could get. <laughs> like You don't have to actually watch it. You could just listen to it and be like, Oh, I can understand this movie now. And that's good enough. And, and I can talk okay. about it with my friends. And I love that. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of how I felt before I started hosting with you, Julia, when I was working on <laughs> producing it, I was like, I know so many movies now. Do I, I felt like I'd watched a lot, even though I hadn't watched as many yet. So it's great. Um, and if you say Tokoloshe, that's okay because this is like potato potato. So if you're out there and you're from South Africa and you want to correct us on this pronunciation, please reach out we'd love to hear how you say it we read it we looked it up there was a couple different versions of people people saying it so help us out hit us up on the on the on the internet and let us know uh and also if you do like what we do we do have a patreon if you would like to subscribe uh we will send out cool stuff you get early access to every episode you get newsletters and all sorts of cool stuff and uh if you like us also ratings on itunes helps other people find us and isn't that a great thing to help share the art that you love share sharing is caring (laughs) thank you so much for listening to us talk about the tokolosh and we will see you next week for demon knight with a cake